Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Sunday, January 10th. This is episode 57. Um, It is a pretty cold day in New York City. It's very sunny and bright. Um, Bright, cold winter day. Um, I guess it's been like, it's actually been three weeks since the last episode. I meant to do one last week, but if I recall, I couldn't find like a quiet period to do it or something like that. So anyway... And then it becomes hard to do during the week. Um, anyway, so what's going on? How are how's everyone enjoying um, this pre inauguration period? It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so that was a very horrifying um, January sixth, and it's been horrifying to read about what almost happened and what how much worse it could have been. Um, I've been pretty heart sick about it. Heartsick and tense and stressed out and anxious and um, trying to find positives and there aren't many, although one is that it's just like been blown out <laughs> into the open so badly that uh, maybe this will open up many people's eyes. Certainly not, you know, like for example, idiot Republicans that still voted to oppose election certification, but um, if, if, if it's out in the open or if, if if all of this exists in this country, then it's a good thing that we're now we're talking about it, and it's it's still not being like hidden in the shadows, so to speak. Uh, anyway, pretty pretty bad, but we'll see what happens in the next week. I I guess the rumors are something will happen next weekend, and then obviously on inauguration day two, uh, we'll see. Um, Anyway, moving on to the more mundane um, elements of my life. Uh, Let's see. Well, since the last episode, we had Christmas. And on Christmas morning, Julie and Oliver and I drove to Chinatown, which is a nice time to drive to Chinatown because obviously it is um, not very crowded on Christmas morning at 9 a.m. or at 9.30 a.m., but... It was still kind of hard to find parking. I still had to like, <laughs> kind of like technically illegally park. Um, so, but we went to the Maywa Bakery and got some buns to bring back uh, before we opened presents um, upstairs with everyone. So that was fun, and we had a very big Christmas dinner, um, and a lot was eaten and a lot was had to drink, and it was a good time. Uh, and on Boxing Day on the twenty sixth. Julian Oliver and I drove to Queens to Flushing Meadows Corona Park and we went to the Unisphere, which is, of course, the big steel globe um, near the tennis center. Um, And I hadn't been there in many years and Oliver had never been there, but he's found it. Um, He found it because there's a picture of it in the New York City Atlas, spiral bound atlas that I got him a few months ago that he reads a lot. Um, He's just like me as a kid. I read atlases and now he does too. So we went to the Unisphere and realized that the Queen's Museum is actually open. So we went inside and we saw the panorama of New York City, which is, of course, that huge room size, big room size model of New York City that you walk around above, around the edge. Um, So Oliver, of course, loved that. And I had not been there in many, many, many years. So that was great. Um, So that was a good day. Then we drove into Corona just to get Dunkin' Donuts. And 
I can't remember the last time I was actually in Corona, Queens, but uh, it is um, not very attractive on a bright, dirty winter day because um, I've forgotten how many power lines, above ground power lines there are. And it's like creepy. You almost feel kind of itchy looking at all of these power lines. You go down like some of the side streets and it's just your view is dominated by thick, hulking bundles of wires going everywhere. It's like, ugh. I did a little research and it turns out that, yeah, it's a long time thing. People periodically attempt to bring about legislation to bury them underground and no one wants to do it. And Con Ed says uh, it will just raise prices because it'll cost them money to do it. And so it just always will stay above ground. So um, uh, no thanks. <laughs> it was really ugly. Uh, but they had a very nice Dunkin' Donuts there. Um, it was right around the corner from the Lemon Ice ice king of queens of corona or whatever um what else do we do the day after that we went on a drive to rockefeller lookout which is if you cross the george washington bridge and you go up the palisades parkway from the bridge in new jersey there's a series of lookouts that you can exit off the parkway and we went to the first one just simply to have a place to go to and go do something so you can see for many, many miles. You can see all the way past the Throgs Neck Bridge looking east. You can look, you can see the quote-unquote skyline of New Rochelle. You can see the Tappan Z looking way up. Can you? I can't remember. But um, you, know, you can from the George Washington, of course. And yeah, you just, it's, it's quite a sight. So we went there and just came back. <laughs> um, our weekends are basically just driving somewhere and turning around and coming back. Um, what else? Uh we went to, oh yeah, the day before New Year's, we went up to um, the upstairs family to um, Saugerties to their house, and that was cool. And we stopped in Kingston on the way to the house in Saugerties, and we went to Rough Draft Books, which is a great bookstore slash coffee shop in Kingston. And when we were in there, uh, we ran into Oliver's occupational therapist, which was awesome because we've never met her or I, at least I haven't. Yeah, and Julie hadn't either. And um, because I know her very well because of shepherding Oliver's online Zoom um, therapy sessions. But anyway, I went to go buy his book and I came back to the other part of the bookstore where they were and I saw Julie and Oliver talking to someone and she looks at me and she goes, do you know who this is? And you know, we're all behind masks. And I just look at her and she looks at me and I said, Miss Haley. And then I could see her smile behind her mask. Um, and apparently Julie did not recognize her, but um, maybe I'm just getting used to you know, actually recognizing people with, in our new masked world. Um, so anyway, Kingston's really nice. We went to um, a little nature preserve after the bookstore, which uh, my friend and new resident of Kingston, Michael Arthur, recommended and didn't have time to see my friends um, Josh and Annie. Uh, they are also new residents of up there, but um, next time we go, I'm definitely going to stop by and hope to see all those all those people. And um, let's see what else. Yeah, that's kind of it. New Year's Eve, just um, you know, we're just at home. Um, Eric Michelson, my friends Eric and Debbie, they came over for a toast. Was that on Christmas or New Year's? New Year's, I think. Came out over to the stoop, so we had a kind of frigid, quick champagne toast. Um, and that's, that's been about it. And then back to work in school, which is, you know, it's always tough to go back after the holidays because you're just in the middle of winter. Um, 
it must be nicer in the southern hemisphere where at least it's still summer. That's why like going back to work after the 4th of July is, is never that bad. Um, anyway, what else? I guess some neighborhood news. Um, Moo Burger, which is a very kid-friendly and very good small little business on Court Street, is closing because the rent is going up and they are not going to pay that rent, which is a bummer. We ordered from Moo Burger last night um, and not on Seamless, but via their their specific websites option. Um, so that's that's a bummer. Um, trying to think what else is closing in the neighborhood. I had something else in mind. I can't remember, but... Sal's Pizza on DeGraw and Court, um, which has been closed since the pandemic started, is reopening and they are thankfully remodeling. Um, and Sal's is just like absolute normal NYC pizza joint. I think it's okay um, as far as great cl- average, you know, faceless NYC pizza joints go. I think it's slice shops. I think it's like not as good as almost every other I've ever lived near or been by, but um, it's it's nice enough. Um, anyway, so that's coming back. I know that Julie's very excited about that. Oliver too, although he has become kind of addicted to FNF pizza and like he just requests FNF. So we've been going to FNF more, which is fine with me because FNF is pretty awesome. But it's like a 10 minute walk um, as opposed to being across the street like Sal's is. Um, and I guess in the, some, oh, other other drive um, or other little day trips we did. We went to the brand new Moynihan Train Hall, which is the like it's kind of doubled the Penn Station train station um, waiting area. What it is is it's across Eighth Avenue from Madison Square Garden. It's the James Farley Building, the post office. So they converted the old big beautiful post office into a new Penn Station waiting area, and it's like you know domed over glass skylight and it is just awesome um so that was really nice um and then we went to the west village after that and just parked and got slices and i went into three lives bookstore which is down the street for a year they re- they moved down the street for a year um so it's like on west 10th but between bleaker and hudson whereas they were always on 10th and bleaker um and it's really tiny. <laughs> so they did not have the book I was looking for, which is um, Can't Slow Down, um, about 1984 and pop music by Michelangelo Matos, which I am still going to pick up one of these days. Um, but first, I have to finish Uncanny Valley. More on that later. Um, what else? So I feel like I'm forgetting one thing. Oh, yeah. And then today we went to the, um, or yesterday we went to the New Jersey Turnpike literally to the turnpike to look at all the massive power and transmission lines because Oliver loves um, looking at those on Google Maps. So we drove to the Thomas Edison service area. Um, That was our quote unquote destination. And I actually got gas there. And then we came back, but he got to see all the power lines on the turnpike. And today we went to the Guggenheim, just me and Oliver, because it's 25 bucks an adult ticket. Kids are free. But um, so he and I went and we spent two hours in there and he actually liked it, although he still moves too fast for me. I can't really just slowly enjoy the museum at my pace, but um, it's great to see. You know, we went to the MoMA a year ago and I feel like he's doubled his patience in a museum since that point. So this bodes well. Um, he's really into sculpture, I've noticed. Um, like whenever we see sculpture, he wants to take pictures. Uh, so I think the Noguchi Sculpture Museum may be the next stop on our museum crawl. Um, 
But yeah, the Guggenheim is just as spectacular as as it always is. And right now they have this um, exhibit, which is in the main. I don't know what they officially call it, but you know the main spiraling part of the Guggenheim gallery called Countryside, um, comma a future. I think it is, uh, but it's by Rem Koolhaas and one other urbanist professor artist that I can't remember whose name it is, but um, can't remember their name. But it's just this like kind of like overflow. It's very ad busters, like just like overflow of mute of information, multimedia presentation, film screens, robots literally moving around. Um, uh, also like kind of setups, like furniture setups you can sit at of Soviet, Chinese, communist, Soviet and Chinese type desks. Uh, anyway, highly recommended. Uh, um, so yeah, go to the Guggenheim <laughs> uh, if you are able to. All right. Um, a quick note before we move on, since um, I know I'm running short on my time on my phone before I have to edit, but I have finally started figuring out some solutions on sounding better and and recording this better. I was going to buy this Shure quote unquote podcast microphone for a hundred bucks, but then I realized I have a Shure S55 or 55S, which is you know the classic Art Deco silver um, desk. 1950 style microphone. So what I would need is a an XLR to USB-C converter and Shure actually makes the converter device. I would just need some cables. So I might do that soon, but the device itself is also 100 bucks, but it kind of looks like a cigarette lighter. But anyway, we'll see, but hopefully soon this will start sounding better and I will figure this out, but I'm just so bad at all this electronic digital audio stuff. I'm, I inherited very little from my father on that. Anyway, quickly moving on to audio. Uh, listen to a lot of stuff. Uh, Tony Rice, the great um, bluegrass guitar player, died. So I listened to The Pizza Tapes, which is an album in 1993 made by David Grisman, Jerry Garcia, and Tony Rice, where they spent a couple of days in the studio just playing old folk songs, and they recorded it. Uh, I also listened to some other Tony Rice stuff, and I listened to some David Grisman quintet stuff. Um, let's see. I listen to the Glenn Jones show on WFMU, which is on Sundays at noon. It's been going for like 30 years. And coming back from the the Palisades in New Jersey last week and two weeks ago, and it was just like such a great show. Like uh, I played George Michael, um, Praying for Time, that great song from Listen Without Prejudice, played brand new song by The Alarm. Apparently The Alarm has been making like an album every year or every other year for like the last 10 years. Um, and it sounded pretty good. Uh, so the Glenn Jones show, I've been meaning, I've, I've been like remembering to tune in if I'm ever like in the car at noon on Sundays. Um, listen to the KLF, uh, the great uh, electronic dance slash art project from um, two guys from England. And they had not, their catalog had been deleted since like 1999 <laughs> and they just put everything back up and um, so it was nice to listen to the KLF. They have a they have a new compilation called Solid State Logic One. So that was fun to listen to. Been listening to Bill Callahan and Will Oldham's covers that they've been releasing every week. Um, I caught up on some of those. Uh, my old bandmate Damian Jurens from both the band the um, sort of our rock duo Nuh-uh, and also he was guitar player in Taka Taka for a while. He has yet another side project called Pancreas and it's kind of like doom sludge metal and it's the album is called You Could Smell It From Hell. 
It's on Bandcamp, Pancreas. Listen to Steve Earle in the Duke's album JT, which is all of Steve Earle's covers of his son, Justin Towns Earle, who died in the fall. And it's very sad to listen to, and it's, of course, very good and beautiful. Listen to Nathan Salzberg, who is... Um, kind of avant-garde guitarist and musician from Louisville, and he's in, in with all of the Will Oldham and Louisville people, and his album is called Landwerk, and it is instrumental and kind of repetitive and phasey and droney. And I listened to the brand new John Fogarty single called Weeping in the Promised Land, which is just a, you know, kind of like, kind of overly emotional ballad about the state of things in America, And but, you know, it's pretty good, and it's not going to be forever that we are able to hear brand new music from these heroes of the rock and roll era. Um, so I listened to the new John Fogarty single, and I was glad I did. Um, and I guess that's it, or at least that's all I can remember. Oh, and I've been listening to a lot of The Laws lately. Got back on a Laws kick, who I think is one of the greatest bands ever. And of course, they basically, well, they only made one album. They kind of only have like 15 total songs, but oh, I love The Laws. Uh, books, um, yeah, so I started reading Uncanny Valley by Anna Weiner about, you know, she's now a New Yorker writer, but before she was like in tech and she wrote a memoir about being in, working for these startups and it's really good. It's, um, I can see why everyone loved it. It came out a year ago and I'm just, I have had it on the hold list in the Brooklyn library for nine months and it finally came up. So I went over to Red Hook and picked it up and started it and, um, the only other thing is I've been reading a lot of articles uh, about January 6th and the I think it's the cover story of this week's New York Times Sunday Magazine, The American Abyss is the name of the article by Timothy Snyder, who's a history professor and kind of like authoritarianism expert at Yale. And it is an excellent article and kind of talks about the big picture and it talks about like the divide in the Republican Party between gamers like Mitch McConnell, who try to gerrymander and just maintain our form of government uh, but kind of game it, and you know, versus breakers like say a Josh Hawley who just want to literally tear down the system. Um, so it's a fascinating article, and I recommend it. And I wish it weren't um, so uh, timely. Well, I, I guess it wouldn't have been published if <laughs> if it weren't timely. But it, it it's it's good to read. It's um provides quite a lot of insight. Um, ugh, anyway, what else? Do I have anything else to say? I went to Bar Great Harry once this week um, by myself because I was under the after I parked the car I was under the impression I would be picking up a food order across the street at Nature's Grill, so I walked down there, sat down outside by myself, ordered a beer. Sarah was working and she brought my beer, and then I got a text saying, um, "Oh, they actually will not do pickups, which is odd. They will only deliver, so it's being delivered." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I will sit here and freeze and enjoy my beer nonetheless." So I went to Bar Great Harry, and they seem to be doing well through all this. So I'm glad about that. Books are magic. Oliver and I went to, we picked up the new Narwhala Days, which is the new Narwhal and Jellyfish, Narwhal and Jelly book by Ben Clanton from Seattle. Great children's writer. Um, Books are magic seems to be doing well and made another couple of tricks, trips to Trader Joe's where I love waiting in line and going in and having a very, having a lot of elbow room. I hope, I hope they continue that <laughs> once things quote unquote normalize. Anyway, guess that's it. Um, I will just wrap this up. Uh, oh, and beer wise, do I have any beer news? Had a lot of beer, but can't really think of any. I bought the new Baltic Porter from Other Half, their first ever Baltic Porter. It's called Staring at the Sea. It's really good. It's a you know nice thick 
border. Um, I keep thinking of the cure staring at the sea. Um, anyway, it's very good. And I guess that's it. Um, yeah, so I guess broadcasting from the basement, hopefully the last time on this phone. Um, this has been the Conrad Life Report, episode 57, um, January 10th, 2021. Um, I guess next time I do this, there'll be a new president. and Hopefully that will all go okay. We shall see. Um, anyway, um, take care and be safe and um, yeah, stay strong. Talk next time.